Hello, I'm Willie George. I want to welcome you to this edition of the Faith Roots Podcast. We're in a series right now called The Covenants of Promise. And oh boy, is this important. And I hope you've enjoyed it so far. We're going to get deeper into it this week. And uh, be sure to like this on our YouTube channel and, and, and subscribe to it, if you would. And that'll help us. That'll help us greatly. And then tell somebody about it. And then I always like to remind you that there are free email devotionals that we send out to go along with this. They're companions to each one of these lessons. And all you got to do is go to myfaithroots.com and you can sign up for the free email. And we're not going to hound you or pester you for anything when you do that. All right, let's go to Ephesians chapter 2, verse 12, 26 translations. You had no connection with Christ. You were excluded from the commonwealth of Israel and outside God's covenants and the promise that comes with them. So now we're jumping from the patriarchs, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and Joseph, and we're moving into the story of Jesus bringing the covenant into his day, and it's amazing how this all works. When he went into a border region northwest of Galilee, actually would be the country of Lebanon today, uh, he, but there were Jews who lived there, and so he was up in that area to minister. A Gentile woman came to him for help, and let me read it to you. This is the New King James Version, Matthew 15, beginning in verse 21. Uh, then Jesus went out from there and departed to the region of Tyre and Sidon. doesn't say he went to Tyre and Sidon. It said he went to that region. So this is the greater area, the, the region around them, and especially to the south. And behold, a woman of Canaan came from that region and cried out to him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely demon-possessed. So that's what you see. And then in verse 23 it says, But he answered her, Not a word. And his disciples came and they urged him, saying, Send her away, for she cries after us. So uh, this woman was pretty determined. Now the Gentiles who lived in this area, and the Bible says she's Canaanite, uh, she's a Phoenician. She is living in what would be considered the province of Syria. So uh, uh, these people were known for demonic activity, and uh, they were heavily engaged in idol worship. It extended into human sacrifice where they offered their own babies uh, to the pagan god Molech. And so this is pretty common. Jesus is seeing this woman in that light, and... Um, so he ignored her pleas entirely. And, so, and really it's no, no surprise if the daughter is oppressed by demonic powers because they have trafficked with demonic powers in that area. And so I want you to contrast this with how Jesus responded to the ruler of the synagogue back in Israel when he said his little daughter was in bad way. While he spoke these things to them, behold, a ruler came and worshipped him, saying, My daughter has just died, but come and lay your hand on her, and she will live. So Jesus arose and followed him, so did his disciples. So uh, this shows a totally different attitude. Uh, look at this, Matthew nine thirty six. But when he saw the multitudes, and again, these are Jewish people, 
He was moved with compassion for them because they were weary and scattered like sheep having no shepherd. So it looks like Jesus is behaving as a totally different person here. He shows no compassion on this woman whatsoever. And uh, so they ask for an explanation. Send her away, she cries after us. And he answers them, and this is what he said. I was not sent except to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Now, Jesus said, I have borders and parameters. Uh, God didn't send me to the whole world. He knew that his death would bring redemption to the whole world, but the earthly ministry, the part where he personally preached and taught and healed, that was restricted to the Jewish people and to the people of Israel only. And so when he was in this region, he was there to minister to Jews who lived there, and that's where his mission was. And uh, his mother prophesied this. Listen to this. This is Luke 1, 54, 55. He has helped his servant Israel, God has, in remembrance of his mercy as he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham and his seed forever. So Mary is saying this about the ministry of the baby she is going to have. And she's prophesying that he will be sent to Abraham and his seed forever. Now this is what Jesus said to his own apostles. Later when he commissioned them to go preach, this is Matthew chapter 10, verses 5 and 6. These twelve Jesus sent out and commanded them, saying, Do not go into the way of the Gentiles, and do not enter a city of the Samaritans, but go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. So he knew and thoroughly understood the borders of his ministry. He was sent to the children of Israel. Now Jesus knew that after his death and resurrection that the gospel would be preached in all the world. And it's what he told his followers to do. Go into all the world, preach the gospel to every creature. He says that Mark and Matthew says, go make disciples of all nations. Uh, he said, you'll be witnesses to me in Judea, Samaria, the uttermost part of the earth. Uh, so he says that in Acts 1, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, the uttermost part of the earth. So he knows it's going to expand and go everywhere. But first it has to go to the family of Abraham. Now, why is that important? It's because God honors covenant, and God remembers covenant. And if he's going to send his son to be a messenger of his goodness, he owes it to the seed of Abraham because of the covenant he made with Abraham. And keep this in mind, it was the family of Abraham that brought us this knowledge of God. And even in their failures, there were still many, many of them who had good hearts and who wanted to follow God and who prayed and fasted and honored the Lord and they built a temple and they did so many things. There were prophets and they wrote down the scriptures. They were used of God to bring us the oracles of God. So it's only fitting and just that when Jesus comes, his ministry is aimed at the covenant people. Now it wasn't going to stay there, but it had to go there first. And that was very, very important. And Jesus was going to honor that. Now, near the end of his ministry, and we read it in John 4, he was released 
to go to one of the cities of Samaria. And that's where he talked to the woman at the well. But in the beginning, when he first released his apostles to go out and preach around Israel, they didn't go into the Samaritan cities, but they began to expand because the Samaritans did have some Jewish blood. All right, now, this woman hears this, I'm not sent, but unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Then she came and she worshipped him, saying, Lord, help me. And Jesus answered her in what appears to be an insult. It really isn't, but it appears that way to someone who thinks only in modern day terms. And he said this, It is not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the little dogs. Now, in in the Middle East, in Jesus' day, they did not feed the grown-up dogs. The grown-up dogs fended for themselves. They roamed about, and they would never have fed them table scraps. But puppies were different, and the puppies were brought in as part of the family, and they would be around the table and whining and whimpering for food. But the puppies would never be fed first. They would be fed, but never first. And so he's not saying to this woman, there's not a chance here. He is saying that the children have to be fed first. That's what he's saying. And he's saying that by comparison to a covenant child, you are like a little puppy. And uh, you may have some benefits, but you're still like a little puppy. He's saying that the people in covenant with God have extraordinary privileges And that's how the Jewish people were taught to think. They were taught to think, we are blessed. We have amazing blessings. And that's not uh, a, a, a sense of racial superiority. It is a sense of spiritual superiority. And, and here's the truth. If you believe that God is good and that God has entered a covenant with you, you would have to believe that we are more blessed than people who know nothing about our God. And that's how they thought. We are more blessed than those who worship idols, that worship demons. We, we are far better off than them. And that's what Jesus was referring to here. And so he, he was comparing uh, the situation of the Jews in covenant to uh, a, a little dog who was around the table, who's got little scraps, but was not really uh, a part of the covenant family. God honors the covenant before he honors desperation. Now she said this, she, she, she worshiped him and she said, Lord, help me. And when he said, it's, it's not good to take the children's bread. And by the way, he calls healing the children's bread. So he makes it a part of our daily provision. In other words, it's something to be expected. Bread is not something that comes only once a year. It's part of our daily provision, and he calls this the children's bread. So healing was a regular part of what God intended for them to have. But then this woman comes back, and she does something that is just amazing, just flat-out amazing. And this is what she says. She said, yes, Lord, yet even the little dogs eat the crumbs which fall from their master's table. Now, that is the wisdom of God. That is a Holy Spirit-inspired response. 
Jesus knew the Holy Spirit, and he knew that woman didn't come up with that answer by herself. That was a very inspired statement. He recognized that, and it got to him. He understood something. He could see God's working in this woman. And it was not just an inspired statement. It was a statement of humility. She did not take offense at what Jesus said. She refused to take offense at what Jesus said about being considered a little dog by comparison to the children of the covenant. She refused. She, she, she just basically saying, I know you guys are better off than us. I know you have a great God. I know that you have amazing blessings. I recognize that, and I recognize I don't have that. She's basically saying that. She is humbling herself, and she says, even the little dogs eat the crumbs which fall off their master's table. Then Jesus he answered her, and he said, O woman, great is your faith. I want to stop right there. Do you know that there are only two people in all of the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, only two times did Jesus say to a person, you have great faith. And you know that in both instances, they are Gentiles. They are non-Jews. This woman is the second, and the first one is the centurion who came to Jesus earlier in Matthew chapter 8, and asked for his servant to be healed. They both had great faith. Other people, he said, your faith has made you well, but he didn't say you have great faith. But to this woman and to the centurion, both Gentiles, he said, you have great faith. He's blown away by this. And you, you can really see it. And her daughter was, that, was healed from that very hour. Now, obviously, uh, the daughter was not physically present, but there is no distance in prayer. And Jesus knew his authority, and he spoke, and that, that little girl was immediately, immediately set free from that demonic power. Now, what I want you to see is this. The woman brought herself under the covenant by faith. The whole entry point of the covenant is faith. This is what God said to Abraham. Now, there's some people who think, well, circumcision was what got you into the covenant. no. Circumcision was a sign of the covenant, but it was not the spiritual trigger that brought the covenant about. This is what the Scripture says, Genesis 15, verse 6. And he, Abram, believed in the Lord, and he accounted it to him for righteousness. In other words, it was Abram's faith that brought him into the covenant. That's Genesis 15, 6. And that, by the way, that context, that story in Genesis 15 is the first time that God ever told Abram, I'm making a covenant with you. But he was declared righteous because he had faith. Wow. Now, this is so incredibly important. O woman, great is your faith. Let it be to you as you desire. And her daughter was healed from that very hour. So covenant blessings are released because of faith. You want to experience the fullness of the covenant, develop your faith. How do I get faith? You don't pray for it. You get it by the Word of God. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. And I'll tell you, 
If you go back over these things we're reading in this podcast and study them for yourself and write down these scriptures and take the devotion that we send you and the scriptures and that and just meditate on those things and 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 immerse yourself in these covenant realities, you'll be blown away. You'll be blown away at how much stronger your faith will grow. And it it works because you're feeding your faith when you meditate the Word. Be sure to tell somebody about this podcast. We want to share it with as many people as possible. Let's build up our numbers and get our people on board. And, and it's not numbers for the sake of numbers. We want as many people as possible to know about the blessings of God. And go, if you haven't already, to myfaithroots.com and sign up for the free email devotional that comes with this. Well... It's all the time we've got for today, but we'll pick this up tomorrow because we got a whole lot more good stuff. Thank you. Thank you.